0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Brought to you each and every day by World of Spas. It's Brendan Escott here. In for Bob Stoffer. He's on his way back from Penticton. They are uh, one, one, and one. That's how they wrap up their trip down to the South Okanagan and head back for a training camp, which starts with weigh-ins, physicals, paperwork, etc. on Wednesday. Thursday, they hit the ice for the first time at Rogers Place. Brandon Sutter, Sam Gagne, Adam Ernie all in town trying to earn a roster spot. And then what does that fourth line look like? First of all, how many players are on it? Two? Three? Set of wingers, maybe a winger and a centerman, probably a centerman. Is that centerman Derek Ryan? Is it Brandon Sutter? Does he win a spot? You know, like these, these are the questions that I suppose we'll be following for the next couple of weeks. How does Philip Roberg look? That's going to be very interesting for all of us. And for me, that that's probably my biggest question of, of the season is what happens with this player? It's a pivotal season. I think he's got enough value where you could still move along from him and pick up something that helps you more immediately if he doesn't gain traction in the first several weeks. And if he does, then great. You've handcrafted your own product at a great price point right now that can help. Fill. Uh, there's a lot that he needs to prove to me. Oh my, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's get into the Direct Workwear Audio Vault. Direct Workwear, excited to announce, if you haven't heard yet, that their women's-only workwear store is now open, located four doors north of their Direct Workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. You can find out more at womensworkwear.ca. So I mentioned they wrapped up play uh, just before, even maybe just after I had jumped on the air about an hour and a half ago, talking to you, uh, Colin Chalk, the head coach of the Youngstown, of the Oilers talking about this 5-2 loss to Vancouver?
1: I thought we were a little sleepy to start. Um, yeah, but then we battled back uh down two after the first period, talked about a few things that uh, that we liked. I thought our faceoffs were better. We didn't like them versus Calgary, uh, so uh, we were happy with that. Um, we weren't real connected on our forecheck. I didn't think in the first period, but there was a good response in the second period. I thought that uh, not not because we tied the game, but we uh, we had more time in the offensive zone. Our D were more aggressive. Uh, we did some good things uh, from a five-on-five perspective to uh, to get us back in the game. So so we liked that. And th- in the third period. Uh, uh, we felt like uh, we had some really good chances, and it's funny how the hockey gods work. We had a real good chance one way, and, uh, and then you get kind of uh, you know ones where they go in from the point that they're they're screened, and those are tough ones. But they're always one that deflates you, right? So uh, I think the fourth one we probably like to have back. Um, but other than that, uh, I thought it was a it was a it was a real good effort uh, for a long week for these young kids. Uh, you know, we're we're really proud of uh, what how they played.
0: So I mentioned overall uh, standouts, Bo Eike, two goals, one assist over the course of the weekend. Three games played, and they played Winnipeg, then Calgary, then Vancouver if you missed the first part of the show. Uh, Matvei Petrov, who I definitely highlighted as someone I was looking at going into this tournament, why not? Back-to-back 90-point seasons in the Ontario Hockey League. A goal and two assists for Matvei Savoy. Carter Savoy, their fourth-round pick from a couple years ago, picked up his first goal this afternoon. A goal and two assists They all tied with those three points for the tournament lead. Uh, Xavier Borgo had a good game this afternoon. Otherwise, uh, maybe not the dominant performance that we had been looking for for their lone first rounder at the tournament. Uh, But a good showing for Ty Tulio and and, uh, Max Wanner, who's going to be making the jump up to the American Hockey League this upcoming season in all likelihood. So uh, that's a positive sign out of the gate on that front. Uh, More from Colin Chalk. Talking about uh, what he hopes that players can take away from the
1: weekend. You know, I, I you know, what, what we talk about a lot in the intermission is some things that we were doing well and try to continue that. But there, but then some teachable moments and, and understanding accountability and understanding what it means to be a professional and what it means to be a grown man. And th- this is for some of them uh, uh, their first glimpses of that. And uh, you know, for for them to to be real. And and it's okay to be real because that's it's a little uncomfortable. That's how you grow. Uh, but at the same time, you know, celebrate uh, that you were here for a week and celebrate that you, you had a lot of successes and there was a lot of good things. So not to be so pressured up and so stressed out and to enjoy that you ought to put on an Edmonton Oilers jersey. And that's pretty darn pretty darn cool and pretty darn fun.
0: Now i highlight Bo This is a real a positive sign because... We didn't really know what to expect out of the 18-year-old defenseman at his first go-around. He was just drafted at the end of June. But... He really stood out as a puck-moving defenseman. It's a role he is going to get to fill in Barry this year for the OHL's Colts. Once again, he was, and then Brant Clark was acquired in a blockbuster deal. Brant Clark likely to crack the LA Kings squad this upcoming season, played some games there last year. Uh, but that was a bit of a roadblock for Aki, who then shined in a lot of ways. Head coach Colin Chalk once again.
1: He was very good and um you know let's not get too excited over uh, over one weekend or one week um you know but he had some poise he had he had some maturity um he was a, he was a really nice young man so he was uh he was a, he was a real bright surprise based on uh he still has uh, you know 2 years i believe uh, left in, uh, in in junior And you heard Craig McTavish earlier
0: in the show talk about the importance of the exposure to the professional habits. You know, you're putting on an Oilers jersey. What does your game day look like when you're doing so? What are the expectations of the big club? These sorts of things. So for him at at this age to get that kind of exposure and then have basically two years while Edmonton's trying to win a Stanley Cup, he gets to matriculate. Yeah, he might be a player and Maybe he's a player that somebody else wants to acquire and, and send, you know, a more uh, current asset your way. These are the things that you have to be willing to consider in order to put yourself over the top. Carter Savoy, a former Sherwood Park Crusader, a St. Albert product, and yet another year with the Oilers team. You uh, talked about his teammate this weekend, Bo Akey.
2: Um, yeah, I really liked what I saw. I mean, uh, as, as you can see, he's super calm with the puck. I mean, I think that's kind of what stood out to me the most. I mean, he's a good skater, uh, makes right plays. He's, he's, like I said, calm with the puck. He's always looking to make the right, right pass. So, I mean, I think he was, he was huge for us on this power play this week, and hopefully he can build that in main camp here.
0: A couple more thoughts here from Carter Savoy. Firstly, on surviving uh, physical play, and that game against Calgary was physical.
2: I'm a bit of a smaller guy, uh, got to use my feet, uh, skate well, um, be hard on pucks, uh, kind of just like I said, move my feet, um, being all over the ice. Uh, yeah, and then obviously it helps when you uh, throw your weight back into them, you're expecting the hit, all those types of things. So, I mean, just being ready for it.
0: You had a couple thoughts from Savoy to uh, wrap up the 5-2 loss this afternoon to Vancouver
2: um yeah i mean sucks obviously i was here uh ended our season last year um never fun losing uh even in a rookie rookie tournament whatever it may be um but i mean i think think everyone had a good week uh everyone learned a lot it was good good for the younger guys to get their first experience i mean it was something to build off for to go into the week here
0: looking for bigger things from carter savoy he was plagued by injury last year an injury that he picked up in the rookie tournament, if, uh, if memory serves, but 44 games last year for the Bakersfield Condors, just 11 points for the St. Albert product, eight goals. The goal scoring touches has never been an issue. Again, I, I've had the luxury of watching this player since he was 16 years old in the Alberta Junior Hockey League with Sherwood Park. He was incredibly highly sought after as a prospect and had a 50 goal season the next year. The scoring touch is not in question. It's going to be about getting him to the next level in other areas of his game. Fourth round pick, 100th overall back in 2020 for Savoy. Uh, Ty Tulio going to be looking to earn some more minutes at the uh, AHL level this year. And um, And frankly, if you're just... You're talking about minors, and I will not even just limit this to guys that were at the rookie camp. But it's going to be interesting to see people like Luca Munzenberger and you know Ben Gleason, these Noel Hoffenmeyer, uh, the last two guys that they just added this off season. Munzenberger, is somebody that's been with the organization on the back end for a little bit. He's a draft pick that played at Vermont, uh, but he'll be stepping up. So there's some some of these later picks that were a little bit too old to go to Penticton this year that are still. I would consider a part of Edmonton's future, or at least somewhere on paper, they are. But uh, again, can't can't overstate it enough. It's a group that at the upper echelon is striving for a Stanley Cup, and therefore the results of the uh, the minors and their their late picks or no picks at all we're seeing that now let's go to NHL today for our friends at elite promotional marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist head to elite promo marketing.com. Not a whole heck of a lot going on in the NHL today, just rookie camps or rookie tournaments rather all across the NHL wrapping up. I mentioned it was the uh, professional women's hockey league and their inaugural draft this afternoon. It was fun to follow along with that. And hopefully it's uh, a league that can really Find its stability and get the support that it needs, and and they can uh, and really make a go of it. And something that sticks in North America for sure. Otherwise, uh, exhibition action for the Edmonton Oil Kings. They were in Grand Cache, Alberta, and split. A couple of games with the Prince George Cougars. Where did they finish up here? I wrote it down so I can recite it to you. On Friday, it was a 4-3 loss and then, or pardon me, a 4-3 win and then a 3-2 loss yesterday. They open it up regular season-wise this week, September 22nd, 23rd. It's a home-and-home series that unfolds at Rogers Place on the 23rd against the Red Deer Rebels. U of A split with Mount Royal, a 4-2 win Friday, a 4-3 loss down the QE2 on Saturday. If you're listening from Cold Lake, listen up. You get a chance to watch the Golden Bears take on the Saskatchewan Huskies in exhibition action this weekend. They play a couple of games for you, so be sure to check that out. The Bears' regular season begins on the weekend of October 6th, so we're still plotting our way toward that. Anything that I've missed here that I've written down? I don't. I don't think so. Just looking at some of the headlines uh, about the Mike Babcock story. I mean, again, timing wise, if I'm a Columbus uh, partisan, I think it's probably better that this unfolded now rather than later. But the fact that it unfolded at all leaves me without any sort of trust in Kekalainen. Um i I just have to wonder where they where they go from here and i do not envy the spot of boone jenner having to turn to the rest of that locker room again and say whatever it is that he is going to have to say to get them all pulling on the same rope this is your leader this is supposed to be the liaison between me as the young player and babcock as my head coach and what i saw publicly whether he was backed or boxed into it or not, that doesn't necessarily leave me as a young blue jacket feeling like, uh, like Jenner has my back all the way. So maybe there's some repairs that need to be made in that sense. 780-496-0063. Let me know what you think on the Mike Babcock front. I mean, it's, it's kind of tough to feel, uh, you know, any other type of way. Good radio happens when you've got two, basically juxtaposed ideas and you can banter about them. This is so cut and dry. What he did was wrong. Now, after it's been investigated, now that it's been investigated and we can concretely say what he did was not um, approved or, or looked on favorably by the entire players association. Now we can pass judgment. Craziness. And the season hasn't even started yet, my goodness. I'll bring it back with uh, Reed Wilkins. We'll find out what's coming up on Inside Sports tonight. And how about those Elks, man? It's Brendan Escott with you tonight on Oilers Now. So Brendan Escott tonight, we're winding it down because Reed Wilkins is set to take over for uh, Inside Sports. Alan from Morinville wants to know whether Babcock had the phones that were property of the players or the team. Well, they're property of the players, my friend. Another texture says, "Hey, I've got some awesome pictures of the mountains in Grand Cache. If you really need to see my camera roll, Brendan." <laughs> I said, "Well, do you have any pictures of the Oil Kings and Cougars game?" "Nah, nah," says the texture. I had to work. So, Sayla B. Reed Wilkins is working tonight as well. Uh, man, we got a football team, Reed, that's worth tuning into for every minute of every game. All of a sudden, I say, all of a sudden, it's been six weeks. They're four and two.
3: Well, but it is totally different than what we experienced the first eight games of the year. It's a turnaround that I didn't see coming. Uh, I mean, I guess it's it's just been a totally unexpected season. I never thought they would be that bad as they were through eight weeks. And I know, I mean, I, I used to keep all the stats. I had saved them all. But I mean, what, they were tied three times at halftime, down a point once, but they just never won. And now you look at it, well, they're in every game. And, yes, I knew they, they blew the Labor Day game, but they returned that favor to Calgary in the rematch. And then this game against Saskatchewan, they just look incredibly resilient. But, I, I again, Brendan, I think most of it revolves around two people, and that's the offensive coordinator, Jarius Jackson, and the quarterback, Trey Ford. You know, Jackson's running an actual offense. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not the, the mackadont that we were – uh, confounded by for, for much of the the season and, and even last season. And, and now Ford is, is keeping plays alive. And what's interesting with Ford, he's still learning on the fly. I mean, he's far from an experienced quarterback. He hardly played in university. And uh, I mean, I don't... I still consider him a rookie, even though he played a little bit last year. Because now he's... Because last year he went into some games, but, you know, he wasn't really the number one. Like, now he is the guy. Uh, I mean, he's not going to get pulled. He's going to finish games. He's he's going to get to learn. And it's just exciting to watch. And I, I know a lot is made of his running, and the running is spectacular. But certainly the touchdown to Geno Lewis was a great play. But then I think you also see him developing in other areas. That I mean, that deep shot he took to Lewis down the right sideline for about a 30-yard gain uh I mean he just snapped it looked and said I'm going to Geno and it was not quite double coverage about coverage and a half because the safety was a little slow getting over but he just dropped it in there and gave Lewis a chance to make a play so there's some trust there with his receivers as well it's, it's too bad it's probably too late to make the playoffs because they basically have to go undefeated and even that might not be enough depending on what other teams do especially in the west because both Saskatchewan and Calgary have the tiebreakers but it's just a complete transformation like it's I I hate to sound really sarcastic here but it's real football you know like they look like a real team as opposed to uh, the first eight games of the season especially on offense it just looked like how incompetent are they going to be week after week and now they're scoring points they're responding and uh the last two I mean the last two games they've outscored their opposition 34 nothing in the fourth quarter so that's not just that that's all-round performance right there
0: yeah people are talking to me about the team not in the context of uh you know what level of football team do I think could beat the elks pop Warner or high school ha-ha now it's hey when's the next game and could you get me some tickets? Like what do you, f- and I know it's again, I don't want to sound like I'm just honking the horn here, but in reality, this is, this is what happened. And we said it would probably take more than one witness to start unfolding, but here we are. And it's, it's continuing to unfold. Um, we've probably talked too long uh, about football for the texters. So what I will say is this, it's been uh, interesting watching the Oilers rookies and doing their thing. I've been following a little bit along on Oilers plus and, um, you know, a tournament in which not a ton was expected out of them. I think Bo Aiki sounds like he exceeded mm-hmm. expectations. What have you been able to garner from this?
3: Yeah, I did. I I, I just saw bits and pieces of the game today because I was on Chelsea show. But yeah, and from the the last couple of games on the weekend too, Aiki was good. I mean, which is which is is nice. He is one of the higher picks out there, right? Even though he's not a first rounder, I, I was glad to see Savoy score today. Um, t- he, you know, if he's a guy who can just start. Snipe in a few, um, then you know maybe he's a he's a project that the orders could have in the NHL someday. Uh, but yeah, I think going into this, the orders didn't have the roster that they've had some other years, but it's so I, I mean, I think some of this, uh, of course they want to win, but a lot of this is get guys in a uniform that has the Oilers crest on it or whatever team it is uh, in, in these various tournaments around the league, get them together you know, get them sort of introduce them to a little more of the NHL lifestyle. I know it's not totally the same, but okay, now you're stepping up here. Like everybody's trying to trying to make it there's nobody on the roster that uh you know is going to be in u sports next year or stuff like that like these are these are all guys who will likely play pro at some I, I most of these like most of these players will play pro at some level they're not all going to make the nhl necessarily but most of them are going to play pro at some level so it is a step up from from what they've been doing so yeah and i will see how some of these guys do it at uh at camp i mean it'll be fun to see probably Aki get a game or two, Savoy, uh, get a game or two. Certainly Borgo's is uh, going to be out there. Um, you know, Max Waner talked about last year getting into a game. So now they all flock to camp here starting on Wednesday.
0: You betcha. Which means I think I'm hosting this show again tomorrow. What do you have coming up on your show next?
3: All right. Uh, we got I, I just got a half hour tonight because Morley's got the Elks this week at 730. So that'll be fun. I do have an interview uh, Dave did with Dean Faithful. So Saturday night I went to Brett Michaels at the River Cree and he picked up that guitar and to talk to me. And Dean Faithful and uh, another elk uh, were on stage for his final song, which was "Sweet Home Alabama." And Faithful did the Queen's wave, and uh, had a lot of fun up there. So, so that was uh, it was pretty fun. So Faithful, who's sort of getting his well more than 15 minutes of fame, I think, which is nice. Uh, after making that kick a couple of weeks ago, we'll we'll uh, have a nice story about getting to be involved with the Brett Michaels show too
0: great stuff, Reid. Sounds wonderful. That's coming up next. This day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Join the 4 Nashville road trip. Fly nonstop with Flair Airlines. Watch the Oilers play the Predators this October. Call New West Travel. Visit newwesttravel.com. We'll only go back a couple years. 2021, Kyler Yamamoto signed a one-year $1.75 million contract extension with the Oilers. Of course, this offseason, he and Clem Costin off the Detroit. He's now representing home state of Washington. I'm back tomorrow. We'll hear from Brian Lawton and 630 Chats Inside the Game Analyst Rob Brown. Try and connect with Bob. See what he thought of the rookie tournament too. So long, everybody. Read's next. Nine one one. one What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship! Ah, there was an
3: explosion! Oh my God! The ship is sinking! I can't get out!
1: There's water
0: everywhere! We're
1: going...